0: I'm Birtna, a certified sex educator tackling topics at the intersection of health, culture, and sexuality. I'll answer questions ranging from the health-related to the raunchy. I want to show that we are all more alike than we might think, and our intimate lives don't begin and end in bed. This is Beyond the Bedroom. So I sound a little bit different today and it's because I'm recording in a real deal studio. Very exciting. I can whisper. (laughs) So I am recording in a friend of a friend's studio here in Iceland. Really nice of him to let me use this space, just testing it out, seeing how much better I actually do sound. So on today's episode, we are going to be talking about the love languages. And I'm sure some of you have already heard about these before. It's no secret. There's a ton of articles and online quizzes about finding your love language. I'm going to be dispelling some myths, talking about where this all kind of came from and how do we translate this into our sex lives. So this is a very beyond the bedroom but reversed today. I'm going to be talking about something that is way beyond the bedroom usually and trying to bring it back in. So where do the five love languages come from? It's actually from a book called The Five Love Languages, How to Express Heartfelt Commitment to Your Mate. And it's a book by Gary Chapman that came out in 1992. And basically the description of it is it outlines five general ways that romantic partners express and experience love. It's not necessarily a guideline of the only types of ways to express love. I mean, I'm sure you could find other ways. There's a lot of non-verbal and body language ways and things that we pick up on as human beings that express and show love. But this is basically the five ways that this guy Gary Chapman found that people can categorize their expressions of love. So acts of service, gift giving, physical touch, quality time, and words of affirmation. Information are these categories of behaviors to express your love. And sometimes people's favorite way to receive love is not the best way they give love. And I'll be going through all of these different things that have been set up here. And regardless if this is based in actual psychological evidence or not, I think that it's more of a discussion of how we communicate to each other and how we express things and receive things. And knowing these things can inform us, not only, you know, how our partner likes to be told that I love you, but also about ourselves. And it's fun to do a little digging and figure out why we prefer one way over another. So why should you know your partner's favorite ways to express love? I get this question sometimes when I'm talking about love language because people are like, well, why does this matter? I mean, shouldn't they know mine and I know theirs and that doesn't change how I express. But it's nice to, you know, make someone feel extra special because you're saying, I understand you, I hear you, I feel you, I know how to express love the way that you feel like is best to receive it. And it's also so when they're expressing love, and this is something that people don't really consider that often often is that when they are expressing love you know that that's what they're doing because there's a lot of people that they love each other very deeply the two of them right but they seem to keep having these miscommunications or misunderstandings about each other's intentions or why didn't you just say that <laughs> that kind of conversation some people for instance might feel like quality time is their best expression of love while others crave words of affirmation this can cause some miscommunication or misunderstandings and it's often that like why didn't you say anything or why didn't you just tell me how you feel conversations so if you express from the beginning I need to hear you say these things and they express I will try my best to say what I'm feeling but know that in the moment sometimes I just like giving you my attention and listening then you understand each other a little bit better so it's not just you know ways to check off boxes to get your partner to know that you love them it's also just a better way of getting things done and some insight into how they operate whether through an argument or an apology I think there's also apology languages you know like how people say that they really mean they're sorry can be very similar or dissimilar to how they show that they love you there's also some psychological evidence backing these and I won't get too deep into that because I basically feel like this is just a communication tactic we're not talking about attachment styles here if you want to dig into why people have their love. languages, then yes, there needs to be some, you know, psychiatric measures backing that up. But for the societal context, the partner-to-partner context, we don't need to back it up with any studies. But if you are interested, some psychological discourse from Egbert and Polk in 2006 suggests that the five love languages might have some degree of psychometric validity. So I I read about that and it is pretty interesting because they're saying, you know, what he wrote about does have some truth. Truth meaning it can be backed up by social research. So to each their own, some people really do not need to see the research when it comes to communication styles. Some people really like seeing that. So if you're interested in that, go ahead and check it out. But basically this guy, Chapman, he said that to discover another person's love language, one must observe the way they express love to others and analyze what they complain about most often and what they request from their significant other most often and there's this theory that he comes up with which is why i'm saying this stuff about (laughs) psychometric validity there's this theory he has where people tend to naturally give love in a way that they prefer to receive love and i don't know if that's always true and i'll get into that later but he also says that getting to know each other's love languages basically makes you communicate better and strengthens your relationship and i personally do think that people's attachment styles and upbringing really factors into this. Some people argue that the way that you receive love best isn't always the way that you express love best and the reason being is because they maybe are uncomfortable with the way that they receive love best. Like they receive it best that way but they don't really like that which can sound very confusing but there's a lot of people that resent the way that they were taught to receive love but crave it and you don't need to have a borderline personality diagnosis to be that kind of person who just feels a little bit uncomfortable for example with gifts even though that's what they want the most because they're uncomfortable with receiving love in general and I think that's a bigger discussion and there's also people that say that you crave what you lacked. So if you didn't receive a lot of physical touch as a child, that might be the best way that you receive love. You know, I think that there needs to be a broader discussion about that. This is definitely not the place for it. So this is what I will add. I've known people that, for example, with physical touch, we will use that. There are people that didn't get very much physical touch growing up and therefore crave it immensely in their romantic relationships, but are extremely uncomfortable with it in their platonic relationships. There's also people that felt smothered almost physically by their parents so they don't really respond well to physical touch romantically but are okay with it platonically or also people that don't like it ever anyway and i think that there's more to it than just your parents doing this equals this outcome there are obviously other environmental factors and societal factors like i know for example a lot of queer people might relate to this that the way that you express love you might have a hard time figuring it out because you kind of just go with the flow with heteronormativity and you say well I really appreciate this nice thing someone did for me so that must be the best way that I receive love and I think that that's a different thing like I like when people give me gifts (laughs) of course I like when people you know send me flowers I feel very cared for but my heart skips a beat if my husband brings me a pack of Oreos when I'm on my period. (laughs) I'm like, oh my goodness, you knew. (laughs) So it's definitely situational. And that being said, I did get gifts a lot from my dad growing up whenever he was traveling for business and he always came back with something for me. I felt like, oh, you must have thought about me while you were away. And they made me feel taken care of in a small way. So maybe that has something to do with it. But at the same time, it's like, how many romantic comedies did I see? How many sitcoms did I see where the husband comes home with something for his wife because, you know, they had a fight or he's like, oh, crap, I forgot, you know, or I made her mad or whatever. And he brings her a gift and everything's solved. So I think there is a lot of factors in this. And it's not always just your upbringing. Same thing with uh, physical touch. There's people that come from less touchy households that crave it a lot when they're older but it's just because they're very physical person you know there may be a dancer and they they express themselves through their physicality or a lot of actors are like that as well where they have this need to express physically and so they like giving love physically because they feel like they're expressing any emotion that way so what are the different love languages and what are some examples of them maybe when you listen you can start to realize which one you vibe with which ones don't really do it for you and I'll definitely. Be sharing at the end which ones I like. I also so strongly disagree with this theory that there is only one love language for each person. And there's quizzes you can take that give you like percentages of each one and just take that with a grain of salt. But I also think that, you know, they might change throughout your life. Like if you enjoyed receiving gifts and you thought that was your love language for a long time and then you were in a toxic relationship where the person gave you gifts as a way of enabling this cycle of abuse and apologizing, it might make you change your perspective on gift receiving that's okay I mean a lot of things in life are flexible and fluid and ever-changing and it's okay it's up to us to really take those things on and we are really a lot more in control than we think we are if your partner is the type of person who words of affirmation is their love language they might need to hear I love you writing them a note or giving them words of kindness make them feel really loved and if you're this type of person and then praise and saying thank you. Somebody writing you a thank you card, for example, or noticing something that you did and really praising you for it makes you feel really good. So in sex, what does this look like? Of course, it's the what everyone's probably thinking first, right? It's literally during sex, telling someone how good it feels, how great of a job they're doing, etc. But I also like to think of this as the talk outside the bedroom, which is What my entire brand of sex ed is about, I am aware but it is the talk outside the bedroom where you remind them of the hot thing that they did the other night, or you say, I can't wait to do, you know, whatever special thing they did. And be really specific. Like, I love when your tongue swirls around me like that. You noticed something that they did that made you feel good and you're verbalizing it. This goes a really long way. And even if somebody's love language is not necessarily words of affirmation, it can be very good to do these things anyway, because they increase how comfortable you are with communicating what you liked and what you disliked so I really trust you during sex telling them how much you love them helps a lot of the time but you know that beyond the bedroom conversation saying that you trust them you felt closer to them and also don't just say these things to say them like mean what you say but I'm saying if these things come up we can talk about them because I think a lot of people say oh I need to use my words more and then they kind of draw a blank which I've been there even though I'm a sex educator so I get it and telling this person specifics was will really go a long way quality time. So there's a little bit of a divide on what this means for different people. So it could be this, giving your partner your undivided attention. Just focus completely on them, like no distractions, etc. But some people don't always define it this way. So some people define it as spending time together, like reading separately but together, or doing something nice together you enjoy, like watching a movie or eating together with no distractions. Which reminds me of this thing that learned do and I learn about this from childhood development classes and stuff but it's called parallel play and it's very interesting when you see toddlers that do this because there's some toddlers that vibe so well in this where they're playing separately but they're together so they each play better separately even though they're together And there's some toddlers that just do not understand this concept at all. They're like, no, why is he not playing with me? So I think that this is something that, you know, obviously sometimes through our upbringings, this kind of comes out. But I think sometimes it's just, I mean, I guess it's that nature versus nurture conversation that can be applied to literally everything. But I mean, I see this in children, young as, you know, two and a half. But anyway, if your love language is quality time in bed, it can definitely look like focusing completely on them and reassuring that you want all your attention on them so I love what I'm doing right now that kind of thing can help a lot and I talk about this kind of with receiving pleasure how if your partner's having an issue with just letting go and receiving it's important to reassure them and let them know that you are having a great time focusing on them that they deserve to be focused on and that you are totally loving every minute of it this is the kind of thing that can really help so 69ing for instance can be really tough for for people who enjoy this version of quality time because it's hard to give someone your undivided attention when you're also receiving. So that's why some people like super do not like 60 because they feel distracted and some people like love it. Quality time can also be something completely separate from what you're doing sexually but influence your sex life so for instance people who have responsive desire and are more sensitive in their breaks which if you're not familiar with the dual control model definitely look up emily nagowski her stuff is in the reading list on my website but if you have responsive desire it could be if your love language is more quality time based that you want to spend more time together before you get sexual and i think that we don't talk about this enough because as we see time and time and time again in media is that sex should always be this super passionate spontaneous dance right where you walk into the room and you see your lover and you just start making out immediately but for a lot of people it looks like having dinner together and then watching a movie while you lay in their lap and they play with your hair for a while and then you are brushing your teeth side by side and it might warm your heart a lot just doing those mundane things with your partner just makes you feel connected to them. And then you get in bed and you just feel super warm and cuddly and it turns into really steamy sex. I mean, that is something that happens for a lot of people and they somehow go, I just don't think it's spontaneous enough. I mean, if you are loving what you're doing with that person, then don't put this added layer of pressure to make it look like something in the media that you really don't need to live up to. So receiving gifts... This one is tricky sometimes to talk about because people hear gift receiving as a love language and they automatically think about materialism, which is this whole other misogyny conversation that's tied in here, but I won't get into it right now. Just something to think about. But, you know, it doesn't have to be this expensive, huge gift. And people often confuse this love language of gift giving or gift receiving with materialism because they think about the commercialization of gift giving like Christmas and having horror words of expensive gifts instead of what it could mean which is just something small something sentimental something that you mentioned you wanted even if it's just a little card and this kind of ties in with words of affirmation I know but even if it's just a little card or a coffee you know, it's just they went out of their way to get you one too. That is a big thing for a lot of people that like gift receiving. It's you thought about me when I wasn't around and this is the best way to show that, right? Or you're going out of your way to do something nice. So it's not just, you know, picking up the check or whatever, but it's also I picked these flowers for you. Like it can be that simple. And people that have the love language of gift receiving sometimes have a hard time understanding how to work it into their sex life. But I always say go with the most obvious choice here and visit a sex toy shop together but i work in the pleasure device realm so that's obviously my go to i work <laughs> at one of those and i actually do love helping couples find gifts to give each other or we're here to pick something out together and i'm paying for it like that's so sweet and i love that so much but it doesn't always have to be this you know expensive sex toy it can also just be like a gift that makes them feel sensual By far, I think my favorite gift I've ever received from my husband was this beautiful Enchant Provocateur lingerie set that's green. And every time I think about it, I just feel like such a special princess but anyway (laughs) can you guess what my love language is (laughs) but it can also just be something that makes them feel cared for and sensual so a lot of people for example like give a gift card to a sex shop (laughs) just kidding I will stop talking about that but like a bath oil or a silk pillowcase or an erotic print like a photograph or something like that not like in a creepy way like look at what I got you like slip it into their work stuff or whatever but like hey I got this for our bedroom what do you think or like should we get this for our bedroom you know ask them of course first before you hang up like a full nude of something (laughs) but you know it's just those small gifts that make them feel extra special I remember like someone got me a chapstick or like a lip balm once in my favorite ice cream flavor because we had gone on a date like two years prior and he remembered my favorite ice cream flavor and I just I thought that was really nice (laughs) I was like oh you remembered it's just something you can hold I think for a lot of people it's that it's it's something real and physical just just be like this is an object of my love and animals do this (laughs) you know mammals do this to each other so I think it's something that's just in human nature too So acts of service for a lot of people also is really important if they have responsive desire. And yes, for sex, it can be pretty literal, like washing their sex toys for them or making the bed nice, setting up candles in the living room. Or even just something as simple as making sure, for example, if you know that you have sex mostly in the bedroom, making sure the bedroom is clean and has that like sanctuary feel. For a lot of people, their partner doing that for them puts them in the mood. But a lot of people with responsive desire also have this thing where stress of errands and chores and daily tasks gets in the way of their sex drive. And it's a big break on their sexuality. And acts of service can really make or break their desire level so if they come home to a clean house or you take on some of their errands for the weekend or cook them an amazing meal they might feel especially into you it's because they have one less thing to worry about there's one less thing on their mind when you know you're going down on them it's just a little bit less of something they have to focus on and so they have more time to focus on you and I know that sounds really narcissistic but that's literally what happens in your brain when you have this break of stress getting in the way and you want to step on the gas, right? You want to make someone turned on, but maybe their brain is coming to a screeching halt because they just remembered that there is laundry in the washing machine that's been sitting there wet for a couple hours and they really need to put in the dryer. It's just like an unconscious thing that their brain does. So picking up a few extra chores or errands can be really helpful. Or you know doing something that's not on their to-do list can also be so it doesn't always have to be things that you know that they do. It can just be drawing them a bath, making them dinner, tucking the kids or call a sitter take on some of their burdens within reason and if this is something you haven't really done before you might want to talk about what you can do for them or ask them first if you can do some of their chores if they're particularly super detail-oriented and good with time management because they might feel like you're messing up their schedule or taking some stuff away from them which can frazzle some people and if that is the case and they do like acts of service though do some things that aren't on their to-do list but they still enjoy doing like I for example I know that my husband really likes acts of service and so if he's having a time where he's like particularly super busy and he works very very hard and I'm very proud of him and I let him know that a lot and I'm doing that actually right now I guess so hi if you're listening but I also do this thing where I'll just put a little bit more extra effort into like making dinner because it doesn't go unnoticed he's like wow I can't believe you took some extra time to do this for me it can also just be those things like if if you do the laundry already, just fold the towels in a slightly more fancy way. These things don't need to be huge, you know, a lot of the time those little things go such a long way. For example, I love when he wakes me up on the weekends by making me a coffee and bringing it to me because he doesn't drink coffee, but he knows that I do and I think that that's just really nice. And That can be gifts or acts of service, but it's also stuff like some people get really turned on when their partner unclaws the sink or like does stuff that they just like do not want to do because they're like thank you for not making me do that I just again it's the nature versus nurture it's just something sometimes when we are relieved or excited we can get aroused and I don't think it's always super deep why. I think a lot of times it's just biological, but it's good to know these things so you can uh, tap into them. And a popular act of service that can be incorporated into a more sexual setting is giving them a massage, which is also tied to physical touch, our next one. So physical touch is actually more about the intention than the action. And for many, it's the most direct way to show someone that you love them. And the intention, what I mean by that is you're not touching someone just for the sake of being near them or touching them, but it's the intention. So like caressing their cheek, kissing their forehead, pulling them closer while you're hugging. For many people, it's those little moments, you know, like squeezing their hand under the table at a group dinner or wiping their tears when you comfort them. It's the little moments that your intention is to comfort them, to soothe them. You're intentionally showing your love. You're not just patting them on the back because you're getting past them in the kitchen, you're maybe putting more intention and thought into the reason that you're touching them. And also this is a really great thing to incorporate if your love language is physical touch. It's a really great way to ground yourself during sex. Notice each point of connection between you and your partner or partner's skin to skin. So for example, if you are on top of them, the back of your thighs are touching them and the tops of your feet maybe or the bottoms of your feet touching them is your chest on them is your stomach on them their hands like what do they feel like under your skin this can be really important for people who also have a hard time dealing with the fact that their love language is physical touch and you know it can also be in sexual settings like not grounding techniques but things that you can do like lightly massage someone's hips or butt when you go down on them if you're not using your hands interlocking your fingers with theirs during penetration holding their face during a kiss These things do not always go unnoticed and they will go very far if that person's favorite way to receive love is physical touch. And it isn't always sexual touch that leads to more arousal, like I've said. So like a calming hug, spooning, playing with their hair, sitting in their lap, rubbing their back. These things can make someone feel like they trust you to be more vulnerable and they can really just embrace the love that you're giving them. It's also interesting to notice how these languages or ways to express and receive love play out in apologies, like I mentioned, but also in major life events. So I always like telling people, and I'm not a relationship coach, I'm not a therapist by any means, but as a sex educator, I like to sometimes educate on ways that you can get intimate with your partner because those things usually can spark some more sexy time. So it's interesting, like during childbirth. For example, what do you want to receive from your partner? Do you want physical touch as a way for them to show their support? Do you need words of affirmation? them telling you like you can do this or do you need them to validate with your words what you're going through like wow this is very tough but you're pushing through or great job you know you need to also decide what parts of this do you like because not all words of affirmation or gifts are the same right I would rather somebody give me a sentimental gift than something they just didn't really care if I liked or not but spent a lot of money on case in point my engagement ring (laughs) is not a traditional engagement ring but we picked it out together and it was really special sentimental moment in my life and i would prefer it i genuinely would prefer it over a huge expensive diamond that just didn't have a history and that's just me and that's okay and everyone's different i'm not you know weird about it if somebody has a huge engagement ring because maybe their way of receiving love is different in gift giving than mine and that's okay that's why i think there's a lot of debate and discussion about the love languages because everyone also has their own version of their love language so i prefer sentimental. Mental gifts they don't need to have a big monetary value other people might say I think the financial decision to spend money on me makes me feel valued in their life is one of us wrong absolutely not same thing with words of affirmation like I mentioned like during childbirth some people don't like if someone's going come on you can do it push through you can do this because they're scared shitless and it makes them feel like that person's being fake they would prefer someone's validating them and saying this is so hard but what you're doing is amazing come on you can do this like those kind of things but in a validating way not in a keep going kind of way but a wow you're doing so good already kind of way also something that people kind of don't mention that much but during major life events like the death of one of their family members or a wedding or whatever how does that person need you to show up for them if they've never really said these things out loud like i need you to do x y and z just take a look at how they best receive love so you know some some grieving process is going on in their life. They might not really vibe with words of affirmation, other aspects of their life. So you know that you don't really need to tell them that everything's going to be okay because they might not really receive that well. But you've noticed that they really respond to acts of service, do those extra things for them, offer to, you know, wash their hair for them in the shower, even or lay out some pajamas for them, vacuum around them, create a clean environment for them. These lovely. Languages don't always show up only in those times of passion. The ways that we express and receive love are fundamental to who we are. I think it's also important to understand that our love languages, which are just a basically fancy way of saying the ways that we express and understand love, not just receive, but what we believe love is, because that looks different for everybody. But it's the fundamentals of who we are. So I also want to mention that Notice how your love languages show up in self-care. And I'm not the first person to say this by any means, but this is something that radically changed the way that I was taking care of myself because I thought that I was doing a good job tending to my own needs. However, I definitely, definitely could have been doing a lot more. Like I thought I was doing a pretty bomb job tending to my own needs. When I started doing an inventory of love languages in my own life, the ways that I expressed love, to others in the way that I best received love, I noticed that the ways that I was expressing love to others was not the same way that I was always expressing love to myself. What I thought I was doing with self-care, which, by the way, I don't really love that term, but when I was tending to myself, which I like to say a lot more, I thought that I was doing things because I was kind of just checking the boxes, right? I was saying, well, I took a break. I showed up for myself by doing X, Y, Z. But I started to realize that what I was lacking in my self-care was self-compassion. And I started picturing, you know, if I was my best friend, what would I be giving her to show, hey... I got you. I'm supporting you. And why am I not doing that for myself? And, you know, when my friend is going through something, I like to send them something. If they're too far away, I like to send them a little money and just say, hey, get something on me, just even if it's a little treat, just so you don't have to worry about spending money. And it might sound like gift giving, but I think it's actually more in the realm of acts of service because what I'm saying is you don't have to worry about getting yourself a treat. Like here is one. But I also send, you know, like when my friends have newborns or if they're going through some grief in their life, I like to give them something that will give them a moment of peace in their day. So whether it's something for the bath or whether it's just something to take their mind off of what's going on, I have a very intentional gift. So I think I combine those things, acts of service and gift giving, to make my own little expression. And like I said, there's a lot of gray area in this. But why wasn't I doing that for myself? I suffered through a really intense pregnancy loss. And I went through all of this. And I didn't even have those things that I give in my friends when they are going through pregnancy loss. I have like a miscarriage basket that I give my friends when they're going through pregnancy loss. I give them a heating pad and some lavender lotion and a sympathy card and some of their favorite snacks and I know that it sounds like cheesy and corny and like oh well that's not gonna help in the situation that they're going through but I like just reminding them that they are not their grief the grief is something that's happening to them and that they're experiencing and they're still their own person But why didn't I do that for myself? And I kind of took that time. And when I took an inventory of how I was expressing love for others, I realized I wasn't fully expressing it to myself. It's also showing up in the ways that I express love, maybe sexually and physical touch with others, was not showing up when I was solo. And it's totally been a game changer for me. I feel so much more satisfied. And I think something that's missing a lot of the time, and I hear this pretty often, people saying, you know, sometimes. I'm masturbating and I still just feel like there's something missing and I say is it because it's the intimacy you're missing and then they're like yeah and I don't feel like I can replicate that with another person and of course you're not going to be able to to you know some degree right there isn't another person there but are you touching your body the way other people touch or are you just kind of focusing on your genitals kind of rubbing one out every single time which there's nothing wrong with that obviously sometimes we're just like super horny and we just like need to get it out and that's fine (laughs) but are you like taking the time to just chill and relax and go through those steps and I think a lot of the time like masturbation was shown in that cheesy way where someone has to like set the mood with candles and then you can you know let go of the stress and massage yourself and like it was super super cheesy it was like geared towards women because they couldn't handle like the aggressive nature of quote jerking off right it was like a weird way a weird ploy to like market like sex toys and stuff too it's like Like taking a moment, like a dove chocolate commercial, it's just like super weird and cheesy. I'm not saying you need to go, like, you know, don't do anything that doesn't feel like you. Like that doesn't feel like me. That might feel like perfect for someone else, but like that doesn't really feel like me. But what does feel like me, maybe having a playlist on because I just want the noise of my vibrator to drown out. (laughs) But also like having that playlist be intentional. Like music I know isn't gonna distract me and it's gonna be nice. Maybe putting on my favorite lotion because, like, why not? Like, why am I stopping my myself from all of this like nice feeling. I have a friend of mine who she she does this thing where she makes herself her favorite tea and gets in bed and she puts her headphones on and listens to an erotic story from Dipsy. And by the way, this is not an affiliate. So as of January 2021, I'm not affiliated with Dipsy. So if you're listening to this in the future and I might be um <laughs> at this moment in time I'm not. But I I remember her telling me like I make myself a cup of my favorite tea and I get in bed and listen to Dipsy and I don't use my toys yet. I just kind of you know warm myself up a little bit and I was like what does that mean she's like well I massage my legs and you know my chest and my arms and I just give myself a big hug and I was wondering I was like why am I not like why am I not doing that to myself like why am I so weird about touching myself like I'm rushing through it and I realized it's because I wasn't receiving love from myself the way I express love to others best after I started doing that I'm not guilty buying sex toys anymore or like receiving them from work or you know when people send them to me I used to be kind of like guilty like oh like I already have so many now I'm just like whatever I remember my husband once telling me he was like wow you have so many tools of the trade I love it and I just started thinking of it like that like yeah they are tools and I tell other people to use these tools why do I feel weird about doing it so I just started thinking about it like that and showing up for myself more and a lot of this is like it sounds very simple to some people And it sounds extremely difficult to others. And it just comes from a place of self-compassion. And it's always a work in progress, I think, forever, which I'm grateful to be on that journey and to understand that about myself. But I also think that self-care and expression of love go hand in hand. Book that massage for yourself, buy yourself she calls it her masturbation tea for example another friend of mine said that her favorite way of self-care was pushing herself the way that she would want to motivate others in her life i thought that was very interesting you know she does a lot of words of affirmation and especially to me she's always telling me that i got this that i'm creative she says dule you know in icelandic which means like i'm doing a great job and i work hard and she started putting that mindset to herself she was like i'm doing a good job and it made her want to express more love to herself and get out and explore the world a little bit with that mind view. And I think, like I said, it's not always like sexual topics that go beyond the bedroom. Sometimes it's stuff that's way beyond there usually that shows up for us in bed that we don't always notice and so I invite you to notice the ways that you express love the best and receive love the best and notice how those things show up in your self-care and including that solo sexy time and I'm not just talking about masturbation but I mean you know those moments where you're looking in the mirror and you're like damn like I look pretty hot you know like what are you doing in those moments like are you pampering yourself extra good that day are you hyping yourself up are you motivating yourself because you feel like you've accomplished a lot is like that acts of service thing just notice when that stuff happens and then you're able to tap into it more when you need to it's a great thing for people with a responsive desire i think especially and if you want to learn more about my work check out some more stuff go to my website it's birna.net it'll be linked in the description along with my instagram at bbirna and send me a dm an email send me your love letters and your hate mail i'll take it all and i am sending you lots of love all the way from Iceland.